This is Pave It Black. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Pave It Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And today, we're here thinking about Infrastructure Week. When we look at our highways, many of them were built in the 1960s as a part of the interstate program, and we've been repairing them, we've been rehabilitating them. It's not just that. It's we don't know how to fund them right now. When we look at what's going on in Washington right now, we're sitting about a month out from the Highway Trust Fund becoming insolvent, the FAST Act expiring, and when you think about transportation funding, that basically is a sign of almost an incoming apocalypse. Yeah, taking that all in leaves me with a lot of questions, but when I boil it down and really get down to two main pertinent questions that I'd like to hear the answers to, and that really is, how did we get here and how do we get out of this? So today, to help us focus on highway funding and those two questions that Brett brought forward, we have Laura Parada from the American Highway Users Alliance and Jay Hansen from the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Welcome, Laura and Jay. Hi. Hi, thanks for having us. You're welcome. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. Before we dive deep into these questions, I'd like to give Laura and Jay a chance to really introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about themselves. Hi, I'm Laura Parada. I'm president and CEO of the American Highway Users Alliance. We're a coalition of 300 members from a very diverse background, whether it's you know the motorcycle industry, the roadway construction industry, suppliers, automakers, all working for the common goal of getting good transportation policy enacted through Congress. We've been around since 1932. Our other two main priorities is, are trying to really, number one, fix the Highway Trust Fund. We need a good funding solution into the future that will allow us to have better roadways, better bridges, you know, better infrastructure. And then also we really want to have safer roadways and less congested roadways. So all of these are our goals. And uh, right now getting a new highway bill enacted that's robustly funded is of utmost importance. Yes, and uh, my name is Jay Hansen. I'm Executive Vice President for Advocacy at the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Uh, we have been a longtime member of the American Highway Users Alliance. We have at NAPA a uh, four-person team, if you will. We have Ashley Jackson who is the Senior Director of Government Affairs for NAPA. And then we have two consultants, one Steve Palmer and the other Martin Whitmer. We represent the industry in Congress. We have uh, three main goals in our Government Affairs program. The first one is securing increased funding investments for highways, roads, and bridges. That's, that's number one. Number two, we try to secure funding for asphalt pavement research and deployment of innovative pavement technologies. And then thirdly, uh, we resist any type of mandates that we see imposed dealing with pavement type selection or materials and pavements, pavement design, so on and so forth. I've been at this for over 30 years. I will tell you that in terms of this legislation that we have pending in Congress, there are more material related issues up here in Washington that I've seen in a long time. And we're, we're heading down that slippery slope sometimes with some of the proposals that I see. Thanks for joining us today, Laura and Jay. I guess my first question I'm hoping you can help me answer is really how, how did this happen? How did we get here? When we look back, it seemed like we had 
had the promise from both parties really that infrastructure funding was a priority. Well, we have both a long-term problem and challenge, and then we also have a very unusual uh, 2020 that we've all experienced, obviously. I guess first, maybe I'll look back quickly at the long-term problem. Congress has been authorizing to spend more money out of the Highway Trust Fund than we're bringing in for a long time. Congress did this originally to try and force Congress's hand to um, fix the Highway Trust Fund and get good investment. Because of this whole challenge of the struggle for how are we going to pay for our roadways going forward into the future? How are we going to fix our bridges? It's become um, a constant kick the can down the road. And also Congress, unfortunately, over time has started to work more and more under the gun, under emergency situations where they only work on a policy or something like the transportation authorization or a highway bill when it's a critical time. Um, one thing on our side, the long term, is that this has always been a bipartisan issue. It's just a matter of um, maybe moving leadership, getting leadership's attention. Over time, congressional leadership has had a lot more sway on what moves in Congress. Committees have had, unfortunately, a little less power as to timing of when to move their legislations. Our short-term problem has been, obviously, COVID. This Congress, right out of the gate, the Senate worked to pass their, their bill, LATIA S-2302, and they did that last summer of 2019. And it was bipartisan. It was a good process. But then, unfortunately, um, the other committees of jurisdiction didn't pick up their pieces in time. And now we're, you know, basically at the deadline of September 30th to get this done. The House moved uh, late this spring, early summer. And in early July, they passed a large infrastructure package that was $1.5 trillion with $319 billion for highways. So they took their action, but by then, you know, we also at the same time have two other problems, which number one is COVID. All they could focus on was that COVID relief. So, you know, highways didn't benefit from the fly-ins that we typically have in the spring where we bring, you know, hundreds of different or thousands of different constituents to Capitol Hill. And then on top of that, we have an election. That's my perspective, but I'm sure Jay has some other thoughts. Just to add on to what you said, uh, Laura, you know, Congress hasn't raised a gas tax since 1993. You know, the longer we waited to raise a gas tax, the bigger the tax had to be in order to pay for the program. And as you said, we're spending way more than what the Highway Trust Fund has coming in. Now, the bills that the Congress has proposed in the House and Senate side all recommend increased funding for highway, highways, roads, and bridges but neither bill has a pay for to pay for the bill. Uh, just to put it in perspective, the last time the federal gas tax was raised, The Fugitive was the number one movie in the box office. <laughs> and UB40's Can't Help Falling in Love With You was the number one song in this country. All you have to do is look at Harrison Ford then and Harrison Ford now to kind of see the distance that's happened um, between that. And so while we, we understand there's a big lift to kind of move that funding mechanism into something that's more modern. The natural follow-up is, so what is going on right now? Has there been a lot of discussion related to the next COVID relief package and helping states get that money? Or what do you see happening as Congress really only has 10 days or so this month to really make something a reality? There's three big issues that's pending before the Congress when they come back uh, into session the week of September 14th. One is the ASTRO request, and Laura can speak to that in a second. 
Secondly, we need to extend the federal aid highway program. Its expiration is September 30th. That's the FAST Act. When Congress comes back the week of September 14th, they need to decide they can't, we're not going to do a major reauthorization bill this year. We just simply run out of time. So they need to decide what will be the funding levels. And then the third issue is the annual appropriation bill for transportation. That bill provides the actual annual funding levels that state DOTs can apply to contracts and to projects. So that too is not moving in the Congress. So that's a continuing resolution. The extension and the continuing resolution need to sync up. So we don't know how that's gonna play out, but let's talk about the ASTRA request and I'll just uh, hand it over to Laura to talk about that. American Highway Users has played a lead role in helping the state DOTs working to bring the coalition together to help get that uh, moving in the Congress. So Laura? Yes, so now Congress has been, as we know, looking at yet another COVID relief package. And uh, it's, it's been a knockdown drag out fight. They haven't been able to agree at the 30,000 foot level on parameters for this um, package. And then on top of that, there's a lot of debate on whether there should be state and local relief. It all depends, I think, on how big the package is. If it's robust enough, then there can be money for state and local government relief. If it's not, then it's gonna have to be more targeted. So then on top of that, the stakeholders like the highway users and AASHTO and many of the other um, major stakeholders who care about infrastructure investment, including NAPA, have been fighting for trying to make sure that state DOT relief gets its own special bucket pot of money. You know, some in Congress might think, oh, if we give money to the states, to the governors, that the state DOTs will be okay. But these are two separate reliefs. When you're looking at what would go to the governors and the state generally, that's general funds for state general fund relief. What the DOTs need is actually user fee replacement for their designated transportation funds. And if you just give the money to the governors, there's no guarantee that that relief is going to get down to the state DOTs. They just have too many emergencies going on at the state level right now. And we are making the case to you know, Senate and House leadership, to uh, the Senate and House Transportation Infrastructure Committee and the Environment and Public Works Committee, and also to the appropriators. You know, we're trying to make this case, bring the real life stories of the cancellations and roadway projects, the delays of the reduced pots of money at the state level because of these stay at home orders. If there's a large enough package and they choose to include state and local relief, I do think there's a good chance for us to get designated state DOT relief. Yeah, and one of the things that contractors can do in our industry is share with their member of Congress the impacts uh, the reduced revenues to the state DOTs have. Uh, this is data from August 11th reported by the American Road and Transportation Builders Association that 16 states have canceled projects with a total value of $9.6 billion. I'd really be interested in some of the steps that the construction industry can take based with all of these current situations and funding concerns. I want to talk about steps both in the short term over the next couple of months and then also some of the longer term goals that we should have as an industry and some of the steps that we take. That's a great question. I think there's so much that could be done. These next few weeks are going to be extremely critical. We really need everyone to take action. So they absolutely need to hear from anyone who cares about the highway bill and roadway funding. Um, at this point in time, you know, we really have to pivot and move to uh, an extension of the current authorization. There's no time to get a long-term robustly funded highway bill conference to the House and Senate and sign in a law by the president by September 30th. It's just impossible. 
And so uh, what we need is, from our perspective, a one-year extension of the current programs, the current surface transportation programs. But we would like to see increased funding designated for that one-year extension, both the Senate and the House authorization bills that they have started to move included increased funding for, for roadways. And we want to make sure that as the one-year extension moves forward, that increased funding is considered for that one-year extension. Also, we need to make sure that the Highway Trust Fund is shored up. You know, we need to make sure that whatever extension is passed into law, that the Highway Trust Fund is solvent, at least through that extension, if not beyond that. We're just really hopeful that we can get the state DOT relief to um, so we need every person who cares about all these items just to contact Congress. We'd be more than happy for you to go onto our website, it's just highways.org, and send a letter to Congress saying that you know, you're supportive of this. You can even tweak it and personalize the letter. Placing phone calls, whether it's to your chief of staff or um, your member of your house or your two senators or the legislative director or whoever you might have a relationship with. Also long-term, we need to pivot almost right away and start focusing on the long-term transportation authorization. I just want to double down on what Laura said. I, when Congress makes the decisions about the highway program funding levels and extensions, that's going to be really, really important for our industry's asphalt pavement market. The best extension for us right now would be the full year extension that Laura mentioned. It would give us a better um, certainty and predictability when it comes to planning. My guess is they won't do a full year extension. It's going to be probably one that goes over the election or into early of next year. In terms of our messages to the Congress for the next couple of weeks, everyone is together. It's as Laura said, and we have that in our uh, grassroots. We have that to our website. Laura has it in her website. Now going into the future, Laura is absolutely right about we need to pivot and talk about reauthorization as soon as this election is over. Uh, this election could really change the issues that we'll be working on. When we saw on the House bill, we saw a lot of provisions around climate change, reducing greenhouse gas emissions, building up resiliency. We see Buy American as, as a big issue in the next uh, bill that, based on what we've seen in the House bill. On top of how are we going to pay for a highway program when we see the growth of electric vehicles? So there's proposals for the federal government just to buy only electric vehicles. That's going to stimulate the electric vehicle market, which we already see a lot of people out there driving in these vehicles and not paying for the use of the roads. And I know that uh, Laura has a great recommendation on virtual VMT that will give you, give you a chance to talk about that, uh, Laura, because that's really important and really good. Thanks, Jay. Now, this is something that we've been working on for a while. We're trying to figure out eventually, obviously, the best way from our perspective to shore up the Highway Trust Fund is to move to a vehicle miles travel tax. Um, there are many challenges there, but then on top of that, our vehicle fleet is just changing. So our whole fleet is now being moved towards utilizing yes, less fuel. So in turn, paying less of the pump for your Highway Trust Fund taxes. So we need to really uh, just change the Highway Trust Fund to um, make it solvent into the future. And from our perspective, the best way to do that is to move to a vehicle miles travel tax. Um, the highway users came up with the idea of a virtual vehicle miles travel tax. is kind of a stepping stone to transition from the fuel tax over to a full vehicle miles travel tax. Over three years, uh, we'd start transitioning to a cent per mile tax, starting at one cent per mile, going from two cent per miles to three cent per miles in the third year. 
and at the same time, you'd be ramping down the fuel taxes. So fuel taxes and diesel, gasoline and diesel would start phasing out. And also the federal excise tax on trucks would start phasing out as you're ramping up the cent per mile tax. Now the difference about this in a traditional vehicle miles travel tax is that you wouldn't require a transponder in every single individual vehicle um, to collect the tax. It would actually be a calculation by, based on the overall miles the entire nation is driving. It would still be applied where it is currently at the terminal rack. You'd still be paying it as you, you fill up your tank. But the thing is, it would really increase the revenue into the highway trust fund. It would get people comfortable with the idea of still having a user fee-based tax, but that was based on the overall miles driven by the nation. We wouldn't have the challenge of administratively implementing a vehicle miles travel tax overnight where you'd have to collect it from 240 or 273 million registered vehicles. So this is something we're trying to talk to House Ways and Means Committee, the Senate Finance Committee about now. And the beauty about the highway about the highway users is we have such a broad coalition. Um, based on both construction industries and the users, you know, whether it's the AAA clubs or trucking. And if we can get everyone coalesced around something that everyone can agree is something they could accept, it could actually um, be considered by Congress. So we are going to start trying to sell this on Capitol Hill and see if we can get some traction. But I think groups like Napa need to get behind something like this. Let American highway users be the tip of the spear, so to speak. But Napa could play a very important role of supporting this. As, as we kind of wrap up, has anything positive happened recently for the paving industries for construction that we should, we should count as a win and realize that while there is some uncertainty in maybe the highway program moving forward, some action has been taken, which is good for the industry. Uh, let, yes, there has been. First of all, let me just say Congress is not going to let the highway program expire and do nothing. A uh, really good news is that Congress enacted and the president signed into law the Great American Outdoors Act that provides $9.5 billion over five years to get at the maintenance backlogs in the national parks and the uh, federal lands. And the bill that passed the Congress takes the, the uh, royalties that mining companies pay for mining on federal lands, and that used to go to the treasury, now goes to a special pot of, of money that's gonna be used for rebuilding the roads, parking lots, and trails in, our, in our, our treasured national parks. Now, what's happening is the Department of Interior has formed a task force, and they are going to announce projects that they are going to recommend in the next 50 days. The National Park Service, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the Bureau of Land Management, they will all be putting out proposals for bids on those projects. And the best thing to do for this construction industry is go to the Napa website and keep up to date because that's, that is gonna be a really uh, a nice shot in the arm for our industry, especially out west where we have a lot of roads and, that are on federal land. So, uh, and then I would say lastly, you've got to communicate with your member of Congress or your Senator that uh, we need to fund these investments that are really, really important to our communities, to our, our economy. So keep the pressure up, it's all we can do. I agree though, there's definitely always a silver lining. And I think that every stakeholder who's listening has the ability to move the needle. 
and you have a great story to tell, um, making our roadways better, safer, uh, you know, this is so important to every American. Thank you, Laura, and thank you, Jay, for joining us for our special episode for Infrastructure Week. I think you definitely both provided a lot of perspective on the funding issues and gave us a lot to think about and act on, so I really appreciate your time today. Thank, thank you. It's an honor to be here. So one of the big takeaways I had from today's conversation is really some of the more recent events that have maybe taken some of the focus away from from infrastructure funding. That, that was really talking about COVID and the pandemic and some of the funding needs that um, arise to really prop up our economy to help get through that situation. And then more recently, now we're moving into the election cycle and how that really impacts the ability to make decisions and move some of this legislation forward. Yeah, and I think that they did a great job showing us that we didn't get into the situation overnight and it's not gonna get fixed overnight either. Over these next few weeks in September, we've gotta let Congress know DOTs need to be able to plan. And in order to plan, that one-year extension gives us the best benefit. But then as soon as that's done, we have to still keep screaming to the high heavens that a long-term reauthorization plan with a new revenue stream or an updated revenue stream going into the highway trust fund is absolutely critical for not just the, the asphalt industry, but it's critical for the DOTs, it's critical for the driving public that they can continue to thrive on high quality infrastructure in this country. We just wanna thank everyone again for being here with us today. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And we just want you to remember, as you're driving around America's highways, someone from our industry paved it black. Pave It Black is produced by Monica Dutcher of the National Asphalt Pavement Association with podcasting music credits to Coleek. You can find Pave It Black on most of your favorite platforms, including SoundCloud and iTunes. If you would like to suggest someone for us to interview, please email Richard Willis at rwillis at asphaltpavement.org. That's R-W-I-L-L-I-S at asphaltpavement.org. Until next time, Keep paving it black.